Yeah, what's up? So I got a question here. Yeah. So Little J is really big into uh, Super Mario Brothers, right? And he, <laughs> my sister just got him one of those little mushrooms, the bad mushrooms. The name of the bad mushroom, as you know, is a Goomba. So <laughs> Little J will be playing with the toys and he'll say stuff like, oh, that Mario is going to smash that Goomba good. And I'm thinking, is this too full of uh, stereotypes? Because Goomba used to be a derogatory term for Italians. And then he's saying that Mario. I think it's the that that feels the most racist of the whole thing. Mm. But I don't know what to say because San Gennaro Festival is going to be coming up in a couple of months. And uh, I'd like to walk around and not have him say smashing Goombas. Yeah, not not have you get into a little little tip. But remember back in the day, was it KTU or Z100? Mm-hmm. There was the the radio DJ Goomba Johnny. I do remember that. You're right. Exactly. You're right. You're right. So so yeah, you could just say that he's uh, taking it back to the late to mid nineties. <laughs> uh, you know, celebrating a classic New York radio personality, mm-hmm. Goomba Johnny. Gotcha. What's up, Goomba Johnny? <laughs> Still sounds rough. <laughs> that is that is weird. How. You know, times were different then. Mm. You know, we 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 called mushrooms by racist names. <laughs> Welcome to Microaggressive. Two friends, two coasts, too much to talk about. BG in San Francisco. It's Jay from BK. So I told you few months ago i had gone to go going to oakland to see maxwell in concert yeah and it was at the paramount theater which is like you know the theater where like all the like black stuff goes mm-hmm. so there was a picture for like a tony braxton show and all this shit got a i guess i must be on an email list now got an email the other day that there's a concert for not all of new edition just bobby brown and bell biv devoe bobby brown and Belle Biv DeVoe. Not new edition. Yeah. Not not the all not all the new edition. So I, I they had like some corny acronym because I guess legally they can't. They can't. Use the Johnny Gill and uh, Ralph Tresman, they kept that name. Legally they cannot use that name, which is messed up. Yes. So the name of this group is R B R M. Already too many, too many letters. Already too many. R B R M, Bobby Brown and Belle Biv DeVoe. And in this picture, uh they they're looking like they got like these red like fake leather jackets with mm. like fitteds um and sunglasses on trying to look all hard <laughs> but ain't dudes like in the mid-50s now they are maybe not maybe not mid-50s but actually they might be they have to be in their 50s they have to be in their 50s they yeah. have to be in their 50s yeah. is this like our version of insane you know when you go to you go to like Essence Fest, or like New Orleans Jazz Fest, and it's like the OJs are still playing. Is this like oh, the beginning yeah, right. of that for a, a group that was part of our childhood? It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And it's it's good that they can make money off of the touring and still have a living off of it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. These are our OJs. These are our temptations of our generation. So who 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 won from New Edition of all those dudes? Who, see Bobby Brown. Who to be won? Honest. Bob, you think Bobby Brown I, won? Oh no no no! Who's um no 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 uh Bivens, 
Michael Bivens. I think he won. Why? Because he was always on the back end. He decided that, yeah, the boy band thing is cool, but I'm going to get into management and being an agent for mm-hmm. new artists. So he really branched out the smart way. Like I always think that if uh, Little J ever got into the music industry or wanted to do films, I would always say be the writer, be the producer. Don't worry about being the upfront guy. And I think a lot of people in groups, they tend to do that, but you really need to play the background to really uh, to really thrive in the industries. True. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I see that. I'm also going to shout out uh, <laughs> like Ralph Tresvent because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was touring in some gospel musicals for a few years. He was. He so, was. But yeah. the thing about him was that he was the leader technically of that group. And then Bobby Brown became the breakout star. So it ended up being Ralph Tresvent who was doing a lot of the work for the Bobby Brown single and like singing all the background lyrics. And he wanted to come out with his album. And they kept on putting it on the back burner. So in that sense, he kind of lost because I think he did, Mm. it might've been every little step I take. He did like the background vocals. He did a lot of vocals on Bobby Brown's work when Bobby wasn't available to record on his own album. So he took a loss that way. Speaking of uh, uh, the OJs of our time, Mm. we've talked about boys and men. They got like the standing residency in, uh, in Vegas, uh, one of my one of my good friends, she just saw them in Philly a few weeks ago, and it really got me thinking. Whatever happened to the fourth dude? Why is no one asking about his whereabouts and how he's doing? The fourth dude. Which one is that? Remember, boys and men. There was four dudes, and now there's only the deep voice dude. Yeah, so it was a little quiet. Well, story I know. Didn't he have like health issues or something? So he was the deep voice dude. Which could have been genetic. Uh, he could have been born that way. Maybe it was an illness. We don't know. Because in the next couple of videos, he starts rocking a cane. And then all of a sudden, he disappears. It's like they kind of phased him out. You know when you lose a dog and they say, oh, he went up to the, uh, the farm <laughs> to play with the other dogs? You don't acknowledge the transition. Um, it's like the sitcom where they just like swap out the, the actor playing the character. And you just like act like you're not supposed to notice. Walks up the stairs and never comes down again like the uh, the girl from Family Matters. Brady Bunch. <laughs> Oh, that was family about yeah. it? Oh, yeah. They had the little brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they brought down a uh, whack-ass Richie with the Jerry girl, which I was never feeling. Uh, yeah, can we admit now that we're older that Family Matters was a trash show? It was a uh, Family Matters, Full House, TGI Friday was all trash, but as a kid, it was it was the shit. Yeah, it was... It was Mark Ming at its perfection, like the legit cheesy jokes, the product placement i had a steve urkel doll i feel like at one point if that even existed Ooh. maybe that was a Wee herman doll Ooh, you gonna, i don't know you gonna put that on record <laughs> no so maybe it wasn't the doll but i definitely <laughs> and i think we talked about this there was an episode for all the younger or older people um where you could advertise an audition to be one of his kids on a future show and i definitely pulled out an outfit and had an urkel impression ready that i never filmed and sent in but <laughs> I was definitely in that in that crowd back in the day. Yeah, man. Between like your fake Reebok pumps and your Urkel outfit, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I met you at a different time in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, speaking of music, you were bringing up music. So I've had like a music crazy music fest this uh, last week. So I'm reading the uh, Miles Davis autobiography. I watched the Teddy Pendergrass documentary on Showtime. I watched the lee morgan documentary on netflix and the sam cook documentary and i also want to read rick james's autobiography and bobby brown's autobiography 
So this is me making up for my lazy uh, Black History Month, but it's all going to be entertainment based, and I'm excited. Why are you Why are you reading about like some of the least uh, exemplary people? I mean, Miles Davis, but he was crazy. Miles Davis is crazy. You want to read Bobby Brown? Really? What's he going to say? So, I was watching the Bobby Brown documentary, and I always thought that Bobby Brown was the one who brought Whitney Houston into the drugs and all that. But when you watch it, <laughs> he um, he was the one who was only an alcoholic, and it was really Whitney Houston who brought him down that path. So I think just finding out that a long-held myth is possibly false about somebody makes the character more interesting, and I kind of want to know more about him. The reason why I want to talk about um, or look into Miles Davis is because I was watching this documentary on this guy. His name was Lee Morgan. He was a jazz musician, and my grandmother actually remembers being around the neighborhood playing like improv in like a brownstone building with all these crazy musicians who were really famous at the time. And he has a story where he was a prodigy, um, got involved with drugs, got rehabilitated by an older woman who ended up becoming his manager and wife. And then later she kills him. And it's a story about how this whole thing played out and how it happened. But it's really a interesting <laughs> Sorry, story. Sorry, I was not I was not expecting that part. I know. Nobody Maybe was. She kills nobody him. was. So um as I'm watching <laughs> That's the thing about killing somebody is typically a <laughs> surprise. <never> <laughs> So um, as I'm watching that documentary, they keep on referencing Miles Davis, and then that got me to Miles Davis. Um, reading Miles Davis, and he has stories about Charlie Parker, which brings me back to my grandmother talking about Charlie Parker hanging out with Lee Morgan in, in Brooklyn. So it's just like, let me just, while it's all available right now, when I have the interest, I'm just going to delve into it and get some more facts. Is this part of your, this part of your greater plan you were saying to make do without the internet for a certain amount of time? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm trying to get rid of the internet. How's so? What is what is exactly your plan for your internet fast? Is this like for Lent or something? Are you trying to? I don't to... know what it is. I, I mean, you know me. You know I'm not a social person. So why am I on social media, or at least on the internet, reading the social aspect of the internet comments and all that crap? Yeah. Um, internet rule number four thousand eighty. Yeah. Never ever go to the comment section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just dumb. And then I realize when I hear these people talk about whatever the article is that I'm reading. Um, I'm just like, I, I don't need to hear this. I can just either ignore it all and take it in on my own time in my own way, or I can jump into the internet and just be bombarded. You know what the internet is? The internet is like, you need to go get a haircut and you go to a barbershop in a place with everyone you hate. Mm. And you just hear them talk about everything. And you just, you're just like waiting to get your haircut. You just want to get your damn haircut. <laughs> yeah. But you have to sit around and listen to every all these people talk about shit. That is the internet. That is the comment boards on the internet. So, <laughs> did I ever talk about how I was in the barbershop, which I will not name? Uh, <laughs> there was a dude in there who was legit um, heavy into something that might not have been legal um, and successful at it. But he was talking about how he had a girl, he took her out. And she wasn't giving him enough attention and she was giving this other dude attention and he was essentially jealous. <laughs> the conversation before that was about some... <laughs> Damn, I'm incriminating myself. The conversation before that was about <laughs> some thing he might have done that was possibly not legal in a very ferocious way. But in the next comment, he's talking about how he's basically emotionally hurt because this girl he brought wasn't showing him attention. Um, on top of that, the guy was like... 
40, 50. Mm-hmm. So there's just like a lot of stuff going on. First off, how are you 40, 50 and still being in this position of being played in this way, I guess, emotionally? Mm-hmm. Also, why are you talking about this stuff in a public ass barbershop? <laughs> anybody can come in. Everybody has phones. Um, it was just a weird scenario, but yeah, I agree. Barbershops are like the static, sorry, not barbershops, comment sections are like the static of the radio. You want a clear signal, you want a clear story, mm. and you get just bogged down by all the crap. Yeah. And people talk that has nothing to do with anything at all. Ooh, ooh, that was deep right there, man. Was it? Was it? I don't know. Thank I don't you. know. It's early. Um, <laughs> it was good enough for now. But yeah, man, I think it's funny you said, like, how could he be 40 and 50 and still be in that position? It is amazing. I think, and this is this is why I'm going to sound like a hippie for a minute, chronological age does not mean emotional age, man. Like, Very true. I have dated w- women who are older, but emotionally much younger than me. And I'm always like, you know, it, and I, you know, we all have a your emotional, uh, how would I say it? Yeah, we're all on different on different time paths, right? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever trauma you had at whatever time, and then, and then your life kept going, so you kept like getting bigger, but like emotionally, you're either stunted or never had certain experiences. So yeah, that forty fifty year old dude, you know, I don't know, maybe. Maybe his life was mad hard, and then the first time he experienced like love and affection was like later in his life, and then didn't go through the whole ups and downs of how that feels and how to deal with that. But the problem is like at forty and fifty, like no one's giving you credit for the fact that you started late. Right? Everyone's under the assumption <laughs> like you, you've already been there. Yeah, right? like you yeah. figure your shit out, right? Mm-hmm. And then you think you're supposed to have figured shit out, so you can't just be like, yeah, you know, really emotionally, I'm still like a 17 year old boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. In this 50 year old body, it is true. I, I think I realized that about adults. When you're younger, you think they know everything. You think your grandparents know everything. Then you hit the same benchmarks, and you're like, oh, I don't know anything, and I'm the same age as he was or she was back then. My mom was 30 something when she had uh, me and my sister. I'm 30 something now, still trying to figure stuff out. Um, I know people who are 50 plus, just like you said, who've never had their hearts broken or never had real emotional connections and they're figuring it out way late in life. And I thought they had it all put together, but everybody is a kid. That was like my big aha moment where it wasn't just that you thought adults knew everything. I thought that like people cared, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's like, like, <laughs> like, like I really thought that like, you know, like people knew more than me and they really cared about what they were doing in life. And, you know, I was the novice. I was the amateur. Mm-hmm. And then you just reach a point where it's like, people don't know what the hell they're talking about. People they really don't. don't care. They're bullshit mm-hmm. most of the time. And at some point you realize, wait, I know more than about you than this, or I'm smarter than you about this, or I care more about you than this. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really freeing moment. It could go on the other yeah, side where you yeah. think you're too good for everybody and everybody else is an idiot. Um, so you got to bring yourself <laughs> back. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's like you have, I struggle to find that balance. I struggle to day. find that balance. Uh, I do not. I do not. Um, yeah, I think I hold the world to a high bar because mm-hmm. the world has held me to a high bar. Mm-hmm. But I realize some people, they don't have to think about the bar at all. They just walk through. Yeah, I had this situation the other day. Uh, yesterday, Why actually, I went to dinner. And um, it's one of those restaurants where it's, it's really small. 
and not a lot of staff. So they have like a, a, a whiteboard, a clipboard rather, with a pen and you put your name down on how big your party is. And you wait outside because there's no place. <laughs> okay. There's like no yeah, place to wait know. inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're waiting like outside, but you can like see inside the restaurant. Um, so let me let me say this though: you live in San Francisco. I feel like the there should be an app or something that uh, accomplishes this this goal. <laughs> I feel I, I feel like, I feel okay supporting this type of restaurant. It's just like okay. the food is good. You know, no yeah. frills. You don't need no like open table or though we will take that sponsorship. Um, we don't need none of that. Um, <laughs> so anyway. Chipotle is that good? <laughs> yeah, I know Chipotle the guac costs good? extra. I know the guac costs extra. What are you trying to say about my funds? <laughs> um, nah, so, so like you walk up to the restaurant and like you see a crowd of people outside. And then you go to the front door and you see a clipboard to the side. Tell me why this dude, I'm not going to, you know, you could make a mental picture of what he, who he was. Um, yeah. Tell me why this dude gets out his Uber walks straight into the restaurant, starts looking around for a table. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, the whole time I'm waiting with my friend, I'm just like, I ain't do it. I'm like, I know he did not. Like, this is not a reservations ahead. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm looking at you, and, yeah, I'm judging you. You don't look like something special, like they was holding the table for you, my man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, and your man just, like, walks in. And I was like, okay, maybe he's getting... Uh, maybe he's getting takeout. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. maybe he's just waiting at the counter. So I was trying to be good about it. But then your man just like stood in there for a while, like staring people down, like as they was paying their check, ignoring the fact that there's a whole fucking line of people outside mm-hmm. <laughs> following mm-hmm. the rules. So again, I don't want to make it about you know race or, or class or anything, but god damn, I wish I had the confidence of a mediocre white man. Like seriously, so it's just like that level of entitlement. It's just like forget the fact that there's a whole system and there's a whole bunch of people, and it couldn't be more obvious. I'm just gonna go in and do me. Yeah, that must be so, that must feel amazing. Man. What's more amazing is to shut that down. And I don't know if you've done this. I was at a uh, food festival over at Prospect Park every weekend. I think um, they do a food fest, and it was a lobster truck. So there's a long line for the lobster truck, at least like 20, 25 people, obvious okay. line, directly in front of the cart. There's no mistaking it. Um, there are two people ahead of us. There's one lady directly in front of us. And all of a sudden, this guy walks over and he's like, hey, you know, Mary, whatever. Um, how you doing? How's it been? How, how the kids going? And all of a sudden starts this deep conversation. It makes it seem like a deep conversation as he starts moving forward in the line. So uh-huh. I'm sitting there and I look at the people behind me and they're like, did that guy just cut? And I'm like, maybe he knew them and I'm listening to the conversation. He definitely hijacked that lady to get in front of the line. So they get to the front. Um, all of a sudden, he's so deep in conversation, he realizes he's right at the front and starts to place his order. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you were not on this line. All these people back here are waiting online. You got to go to the back of the line. He's like, but I, I was uh, just going to order one sandwich. I was like, yeah, we're all ordering one sandwich. You got to go to the back of the line. So the people behind me got on track and got on board and they're like, nah, back of the line, back of the line. And then he's like, uh, well, fine, if you, you guys are that serious about it, I'll go to the back. I'm like, yeah, go to the back. And it just shut him down. And it was just such a good feeling to just like pop that little yeah. balloon of, uh, I don't know, entitlement. That's a beautiful New York moment too. Where like, it is. everyone's just it like, is. nah, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, New York will tell you. New York will tell you. Yeah, They don't care who you are. But you know, because this is what you have to do today, I also want to make a disclaimer that mm. 
I have very many mediocre white male friends, so <laughs> I, I have no ill will against the mediocre white men. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, can we talk about in Congress? <laughs> mm. Your man used the he can't be racist because he hired a black person. What? Seriously? Yeah. Do you notice that um when that guy, oh my God. that president, would have these um rallies? I always noticed if you look over his, I think it's his right shoulder. There's always a perfectly placed black dude like directly behind him and it's always one because they can't have more than one but look at his rallies it's always one perfectly placed oh my god um he's an idiot yeah and this guy's an shout idiot out to the congresswoman who's like yeah let's hold this whole shit up and just call out the fact <laughs> that you use this black woman as a prop yeah but yeah. then and then your man used the other classic excuse he got the other old black dude elijah cummins or whoever it was mm-hmm. to vouch for him that he's a good dude. And then he's like, I have people of multiple races in my family. It's just like, again, like, yeah. <laughs> just because you know somebody doesn't mean you can- I know lots of people and I don't like them. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, just because you know a black person does not magically make you not racist or you care more about black people. It's like whenever something happens to like some dude about like assault or harassment, it's like, I've got a daughter. It's like, it don't matter. <laughs> it's like, why do they think this is like magic elixir? You know, it's just like, yo, yeah. I, I'm, I'm being an asshole. Go get me, go get me three black people, two Latinos <laughs> and a, a small young Malaysian girl. And all of a sudden I will be, you know, a Pope. It's like, come on, man. It like, how ridiculous. are we still doing this? How has no one gotten the memo that that doesn't matter? I think it's coming. It's not our generation. We're, we're still fucked. But um, <laughs> that's obvious because we still have idiots in office. But I feel like a couple of generations down the road, we'll be dead, so it doesn't matter. Um, they'll uh, they'll get more towards where we need to be. But right now, you still have idiots like this. This is the most uplifting ver- uh, uplifting episode of of, of the podcast. Yeah, uh, it's it's the honest podcast. This is the honest show today. Yeah. Maybe that'll be maybe that'll be the title of the episode, the honest show. <laughs> there is no Santa Claus. Yeah, you know, your kid is right in the next room. How do you feel about that? Have you been lying to your kid about no. two fairy Santa Claus? That's my paycheck <laughs> buying those toys. I want some <laughs> damn credit. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Also, I always thought it was weird growing up in New York. The whole myth of Santa Claus don't work. It's like we don't have chimneys, B. Yeah, they had it's all like, sorts of stupidness. Like he would come in through a vent, or he'll like turn himself into a mist. All the stupidness. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And my neighborhood was like heavy black and Latino with like one yeah. Asian family across the street. Mm-hmm. A fat white dude was not getting in incognito. Like it just, it just was not happening. <laughs> when I find people who tell me that they realize Santa Claus wasn't real um, past a certain age, I look at those people funny for life. I have a friend who told me he was around like 13, 14. And ever since I've, I've, I've had that in the back of my head when I talk to him about stuff. Um, He's going to end up being that dude in the barbershop at 45, being like, (laughs) what does she mean she didn't really love me? (laughs) I'm so grateful for the fact that um, we, I think we, we hit that, I hit that phase and you are, you're well aware of that primarily around um, high school, like that lovey dovey phase where you fall for somebody and 
it doesn't work out and you get that out of the way earlier in life. But yeah. I can't imagine being like 50 something. I know we've said this before earlier in the podcast, but to be that old and not put two and two together or talk to your friends and find out what relationship situations they've been through to prepare yourself for these things, that's a hard blow but what, if you're 50 or 60. But what if you make it through life with like a beautiful, like lucky, you find a partner and you, mm-hmm. what if you can make it through life without ever having to get that lesson? But does that make it a good life? So mm-hmm. you live where you live. I live where I live. I appreciate the snow and I appreciate the summer and I appreciate them both for what they are. Um, but if you only have one thing, how do you appreciate the other thing or the 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 complexity of both things? Uh, so I think you need wow. to have your heart broken. Wow. What? That was what? deep, B. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. That's your second gem. My post haircut clarity. Yeah, that's your second gem. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you have to have that bad. I remember way back when you told me after I was going through something, you said, "Uh oh, what did I say?" That you read a quote, and it was something like, "You're not a man until you've had your heart broken." I think that was the the vague I, interpretation of the quote. I it was said definitely that. you. I mean, you didn't say it, but <laughs> you read it somewhere. Really? <laughs> but that does you not. Said, and I was like, that oh, does that not is. sound like advice I would give. But okay. Nah, it was, it was, it was, it was definitely you. Um, and I think that's true because if you go through your life and everything's perfect, you don't really know what life really is. Cause you have to have that pain to appreciate the, you know, the positives. So to wow. go through your whole life, yeah, most people would want that, but they'd appreciate it that much more if they experienced the, the negatives and the bad I sides. Pro- I probably read that on the underside of a Snapple bottle cap or something. So it was deep as hell. I was like, damn, <laughs> B is a profound dude. <laughs> Uh yeah, I, people used to say all my all my all my gems was just fortune cookie logic. It's like then give me a fortune cookie company, you know. <laughs> fortune cookies and Snapple. Exactly. Um, there was a moment you so you just said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this might be the real honest episode." Ooh, okay. I don't know if I'm okay. ready for this. Okay. So you just did this whole you know deep metaphor about appreciating the snow. And the the summer, mm-hmm. and I mean, how can you appreciate something if you only have one thing? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, now I know. <laughs> now I know where you're going with it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I curious mm-hmm. your thoughts on mm-hmm. how that could apply in a relationship setting. So my interpretation for a relationship setting is I sometimes you go through relationships before you get to a relationship that works best for you. And in those previous relationships, you might have the ups and downs, but it prepares you to know what to want and to anticipate for the next relationship. So that's my interpretation of it. But I get that there are alternative interpretations of that. Yeah. I'd like to hear your thoughts on those. <laughs> Alternative interpretation. Somebody's listening to this podcast like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so you and I have had some intellectual debates. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even call it debates. Just uh, very open, vulnerable conversations. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I don't think we have put on record yet. So perhaps mm-hmm. in, uh, in this The Honest episode... It's like back in the day when, you know, on like network TV, it'd be like a very special episode of Growing Pains. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like the Save by the Bell where Jesse takes the diet pills. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't stop. 
Oh man, talk about another horrible show. Shows that do not like last. Like you ever catch any of those joints on reruns? It's like actually, I still peep those joints. It's not funny though. Do you laugh? It kind of is. I think it's because no, no, I never laugh. It was never funny, but it just puts me in a place like those Saturday mornings. And also, there's a um, YouTube channel, uh, Zach Morris is trash, where they go through the episodes and show you why (laughs) Zach is a sociopath. That are really funny looking at it retrospectively. Yeah. Um, yeah, can, let's, let's take a pause. Actually, uh, speaking of those days in our lives, there was uh, what was it? Lark Voorhees. Was that mm-hmm. the, the one from Shape of the Bell? And then there was uh, Lisa Turtle. Lisa Turtle. There was uh, Tatiana Lee, uh, Ashley mm-hmm. uh, Banks. Ashley Banks. Not was it Ashley? Ashley. Or was yeah. Ashley the older sister? That no, was Hillary. Hillary. Hillary was the older sister. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who else were the the crushes of our? Uh, of our adolescence, I would shout out. Um, what is her name? Myrna from Family Matters. Steve Urkel's girlfriend. I always thought she was cute. Um, yeah, definitely Lark Voorhees. You really have always... a lot of love for Steve Urkel. This is this is wow. It was oh. TGIF. <laughs> Can I say? Okay, Jeff. Um, we were okay. all brainwashed. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else. I mean, I was always up for. It was a debate between Gina and Pam. Um, Between who? But I wouldn't say they were primary targets at our age. Topanga, I shout out. Oh Topanga. yeah, Topanga. Yeah, she. Everybody was like, I don't know what she is, but uh, I like that weirdness. Yeah, um, I, I was a fan of Topanga. Uh, do we want to throw Winnie Cooper on there? From uh... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just based off that environment alone, and that was a show that I had to watch. They they, they had to be racist. I always felt like they <laughs> had to be. <laughs> I never saw black people on that show. So it was the sixties. It was a different time. Exactly. It was a different time. They were they were there. They just didn't pan to the back of the bus. So that's why you didn't see them. Yeah. That's that's it. (laughs) All right. So Topanga, Boy Meets World, uh, Mm -hmm. Ashley Banks from Fresh Prince, uh, Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell. Lisa Turtle. And who else did we say? What's whatever Steve Urkel's girlfriend's name? Mirna or Mirror. You don't even um, remember. R.I.P. How, how no, can she I really do, have stolen your heart? No, the reason I remember, um, because Mira is always a weird name for me, Myrna. It was an M.M. name. It was alliteration, whatever. Uh, she, it never made sense to me because he was always going after Laura, but she was the banging one. She was legit <laughs> cute. And she was always like trying to get on him. And he was always like, nah, I need to focus on Laura, focus on Laura. So it always, I don't know, that appealed to me. I feel like somehow we're going to connect all of this. We're talking about Urkel and love, and I feel, I feel like we're gonna, it's going to come. It's going to come by the end of, that, on the end of this very we honest episode. There. We might get there. I feel like we should play the dramatic piano as we talk about the very honest episode <laughs> of Microaggressive. Uh, uh, okay, so that was, a, that was a tangent for me to not talk about the other thing. It was, but it's good to revisit. Shout out yeah. to those people. Yeah, shout out to all of them. Um, also, shout out to... Uh, Years later in my life, mm-hmm. I met uh, Tatiana Ali um, in, oh, in real know. life, um, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend at the time. You know, she 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 kind of knew. She knew it was. She was she was like, oh, "It's okay. Go say hi." I was like, "Thank you." Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it was like it's like a childhood crush, mm-hmm. and then it's just like she's just like hanging out at this thing with you. And you're just like, "Yo, I just gotta." Go say hi. It was like you never think that's actually going to happen. What do you say? What do you say? Um, I think she was making mojitos 
it was like a, mm. it was at a house party and she was just like chilling and she was like making mojitos and i think i was like she's i think she asked me if i want a mojito and i think i said yeah you know my game and was tight <laughs> game was tight <laughs> yeah uh nothing else because i mean she was nice like i don't know she was chill um they're just normal people they're just like us um, so i remember when we went to the roots concert at your school and they were behind us oh and yeah i didn't want to turn around to give anybody the satisfaction that i was checking them out so it was crazy They're directly behind us and i refused to turn around the entire time that's on you because i didn't want to be that guy that's on you that is on me what do you say like oh i remember you from tv i watched you on a screen in my house like 10 years ago you didn't know <laughs> it's like i know you you don't know me <laughs> Yeah, that's the weird part about being a celebrity, uh, I assume, because I will never really be one. <laughs> when people Don't speak too soon, this podcast. This podcast. It's, it's just it's getting out there. So. People going to hear my voice and be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This needs to be public. This needs to be presented to the world. It's like, I closed my eyes and heard your voice, and I knew exactly who you were. <laughs> um yeah, it's like this sense that people know you, but you don't know. It's like, it's to me the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I would never want to be a celebrity. It's just like. I don't know why you would trade that. I have, tr- trade for I that have trust issues like a motherfucker. Why do I want the whole world acting like they know me and coming up to me? Like, I would be. Yeah, it would not work out well for me. But the one time I was with a friend and we stopped because somebody said that they thought they knew us and called my friend by a name that he thought was referring to it and we stopped and we got robbed so i don't know Ooh. can't imagine how you can be a celebrity and just be walking around and people are like hey jay and you just turn around and stop on the street yeah and uh yeah crazy. i mean yeah it's like when people are like yo idris and i'm like nah nah i get it though i just keep walking because i'm so used to it at this point <laughs> so you know it just you, you just you just grow into we it burn that into the into the into our brains we're yeah gonna, we're gonna get him. Equate you to. we're gonna get him on the show we're gonna get him on the show mark my words actually i feel like i feel like it would be the equivalent of like uh you know a celebrity going on like a public access show just because they think it's funny and they're just like whatever and they're like yeah i want to be real i don't want to be on like jimmy fallon that's us that's that's us yeah so that's our goal my man idris he's got a new um got a new show on netflix what's it called i forget um but is it luther no. The BBC it's like show? a Netflix uh, original. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. You know, he's got range. He's got range. So. I know he's playing a bad guy in some Fast and Furious Oh, yeah. It was the. Yeah. He's a superhuman, like an android or something. I can't really figure it out. Same, man. I mean, with his looks, aka my looks, you know, he can really, <laughs> really, his range is all over the place. Um,. <laughs> Oh, we'll be gonna uh, be disappointed at our uh, our meet and greet. They, <laughs> no, they will not. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Vince, sir? Um, yeah, I think we we should be like Daft Punk if we ever do a meet and greet. Just like have like don't don't ruin it. <laughs> Just hear the voice. Yeah, we should do we should do a pop up. <laughs> we're like we're at Hood Hing uh, Chinese food on Underhill. Just come by. <laughs> we'll be in a red booth, the only booth on the non dirty side. It's like we're, we're testing out our fried chicken rankings. You can uh, you can catch us at the Kennedy Fried right before we hit up the Popeyes. <laughs> um, all right, so back to the other thing that I avoided talking about. Um, 
so yeah different types of relationships mm-hmm. i feel like you and i have had you know good open conversations is about yeah i don't believe in monogamy i just don't i just think it is it's problematic for multiple reasons and like mm-hmm. i'm not going to be one of those people that's like wake up sheeple it's not the way we're supposed to be like nah yeah. but i just think it's like really i've taken uh some 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 time to do a lot of personal reflection about like what will make me content in life right and not just rubber stamping somebody else's version of what success means right yeah. so i think marriage is a Okay, let me take that back. I think companionship and partnership mm-hmm. is a beautiful concept. Okay. I think marriage is problematic. Like, the origins of marriage are basically the origins of, is like similar to slavery. It was mm. like, it was, and, and I'm not trying to like be like, you know, like woke, whatever. It's just like the history of marriage. So this institution that we keep going, we keep doing, it just makes me deeply uncomfortable. Now, what it's supposed to represent, I'm it's fully on board with, right? It's a legal contract, and right? It's a legal contract. It's a legal contract. Literally, women were property. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same way like our ancestors were property. Um, mm-hmm. You listen to marriage vows, most of them, the traditional ones. Ugh, yeah, <laughs> it is some <laughs> patriarchal, really, really hard. It's just like, what? I went to like one. But you know, you can write your own vows though, right? Yeah. You can create your own yeah. rules for the relationship. Yeah. Because um, that's not on the certificate. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> that's not true. Some cultures, uh, it is. Uh, it is. Oh, I, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, so uh, yeah, it's. So marriage is problematic. Also, like, I don't know, just like the legal, it's a legal contract mixed with like high emotion right it's like buying a first house and no i just did not compare marriage to real estate however i think there are some some similarities yeah don't feel bad about that yeah keep going keep going you get emotionally invested in something that has very unemotional like contractual (laughs) things right Mm -hmm. so you buy some big ass house you can't afford because you fall in love with the curb appeal and just like (laughs) that's 30 years of debt right there like calm Mm -hmm. down like stay in your lane um you know, aka financial crisis you know what i mean um people do the same with like with marriage right and it's beautiful to like but you gotta you gotta remember like when you first meet someone you're on drugs like your body is producing mm-hmm. all these chemicals it is the same as being mm-hmm. on drugs gotcha. do not operate heavy machinery <laughs> on drugs <laughs> um so yeah i think marriage is whatever and i think monogamy it, 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 i'll just say one more thing. question all right go ahead yeah say it I think monogamy is it's an interesting concept, right? And I, I, I think mm-hmm. it shouldn't be the default. I think it should be something mm-hmm. you you actively opt into. Um, because if it were so amazing, why do people lie, cheat, steal just to work around it so hard? You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's about everything. Um, money, people lie, cheat, and steal. There's a lot of things that people will go out of their way to get around. Okay. Um, I'm not making the strongest argument today. And I I realized I got an argument for you to support your argument. Um, Did you hear about KG? His wife is um, suing him for alimony. Guess how much he wants. Kevin Garnett, the basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. 
how much does she want in the alimony? $200,000 a month. A month. Wow. Yes. So that's wow. <laughs> that's the support for your argument. About my <laughs> um, alternative to that is this. Just like basketball players have contracts, how would you feel about a five-year marriage contract, a 10-year marriage contract, with option to re-sign later in life? Yeah, free agency, all that stuff. So I once, in uh, in my younger days, uh, I once wrote this long-ass thing that I don't know if I actually ended up publishing it. Um, where it was like, yeah, like if you, I'm not trying to take the romanticism out of marriage. But again, I think you need to in a way because partnership and companionship is romantic. It is whatever. Marriage is business. And just like any other business, like if there's a merger, <laughs> you know, you're trying to understand what these assets are. You're trying to understand how, you know, this combination is better than than it not being a combination. You're, mm. you know, yeah, you build incentive structures, right? Like <laughs> basically the only incentive in, in a marriage is like, don't get sued for $200,000 a month alimony, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I've had friends, I've talked to them about it. I was like, yo. Are you, you know, we thinking about doing a prenup or a postnup? And they're like, no, I can't bring that up. I'm like, really? Mm. So you're about to enter a lifelong partnership with somebody, but you're afraid to bring up your feelings about wealth. That is a weird thing to talk about. My advice is to go in the marriage with nothing to your name <laughs> and a lot of debt, which is what we did. <laughs> and now we're very happy. Say, so, yeah, you want this? You want half this debt? All you this. Um. Okay, but okay, you're together for multiple years, multiple decades. Yeah. People yeah. come and go. Who mm-hmm. works? Who doesn't work? Who supports? Who doesn't support? Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of uh, acknowledgement of the fairness and the sacrifices people have made um, to yeah. make sure that if they leave the relationship, they're not asked out. True. But true. There's also because of so many structures, not just marriage, but. You know, people stay in bad relationships. People stay in abusive relationships. People stay because the structure of marriage and, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. But a lot of people default to this is this like level of dependency that Mm. becomes dangerous. Right. And I think this has Mm -hmm. been particularly true for women throughout centuries. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Where dudes just act like assholes and, you know, they're the women have no other options. Um, and that sucks, man. And I don't know, I, I'm staunchly independent, which is a problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to vilify marriage. Um, cause yeah, I, I know if I ever get married and you're at my wedding, you're going to play back this episode. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> which I invite you to do bring that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing for me to just like the right partner for me is one that is as critical about this stuff as I am. True. And it's like, yeah, I hear that. we're going to do That's this. Um, but I also think, you know, the, like you said, you get snow all the time. You get a little bored of the snow. Um, I just think it's human nature to not, it, it, it doesn't mean you devalue somebody else mm-hmm. when you're just thinking what else is out there <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah. And again, the right partner for me, you probably be okay navigating that conversation. Um, Definitely. Because, yeah, I think I'm the type of person, it, to me, it's quality over quantity. Uh, yeah. I would much rather have high quality interactions um, versus like trying to set records or whatever. But I also know that it's probably not one 
for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes some people highly uncomfortable and those people can move on. And I would hope by the time people figure out that they're going to marry somebody that they've had financial conversations and stuff, that seems a little weird too. I would then question the person who says that they didn't bring that up prior to uh, marriage. Maybe they're not being the most open and mature with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I got a window open outside. I'm staring out the window (laughs) right now. It is freezing outside and there's snow on the ground and people are still wearing track shorts. And (laughs) Maybe they just went running though. When you run, your body creates a lot of heat. I know you don't understand this because you don't run. No, I get that, but um, <laughs> you really need to have those shorts that high up, dude. My dude, yeah. it makes no sense. Well, sometimes you just want that freedom. You just want that that feel. Yeah, I feel like this was this very honest episode got heavy. I don't feel like that at all. No, not at all. It's very yeah. light. <laughs> I feel like, you're wrong. I feel I feel like I have. I have more thoughts I want to say on relationship styles, but I'm just not in there. Nah, let's do it, yeah. I don't. I, I just don't. I, I don't know what. I don't know what the so what is. I don't know what I want to say other than I'm just like monogamy and marriage are are wrong. So then let me like that's about, my, um, that's my thesis. There should be what about relationship contracts? Let's take it down a level, dude. Like you start dating somebody and you have six month check ins where you just reevaluate everything. And you find out where you need to work, what areas you need to work on, which ones you need to cut out, some must-haves oh, and must-not-haves. That literally if sounds like my day job. Like, that literally is my day job. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I think in the long run, it would be nice to see everything on paper and just have everything written out. Yeah. And then you always have that option to recheck. So then why, like, you won't have that feeling that you're stifled in a relationship and you can't look at other avenues. You do six months, you put in your time. <laughs> Put and then you have time, a month put of a free agency, and then you decide whether or not to come back together. I think that would make a relationship stronger. It's crazy, though, because you had a married dude, and you're sounding like the crazy Oh, no, so not. <laughs> you're like, that should that never work for me. My relationship is great. I have no complaints. But I think that in relationships, that might be an interesting way to check in. Because people, all even with relationships... It's like, oh, I was meant to be with this person. Mm-hmm. If it's marriage, it's like, oh, this is my soulmate. But let's put in some of that. Yeah. Um, let's get some like some uh, opt out clauses. Yeah, let's put some logic into it too. Yeah, and it, and that's I think that's the hard part, right? Because it's a completely illogical space to be in when you really care about somebody. Mm-hmm. Because we have these emotions that mess things up. But and that's the thing, though. But everybody has those emotions, so they are logical. They're they're irrational for the person, but. When you look at everybody as a sample size, it's it's the same things they're going through. So you can find some logic in it and just have to be like, this is how we're going to feel at this point, And this is how we might feel at this point. So let's just prep for that and adjust. And also, is it by structure set up for failure forever? What other mm-hmm. thing in life are you declaring forever? Right. So um, what else are you declaring like, forever? So like yeah, when you think about it, why true. would it be considered a failure? If you had an amazing marriage, you raised a kid, and then the kid is like, you know, 15, 18, 20, uh, and you're just like, eh, it's been good. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. You what if on? you're driving a car? You're driving a car, right? And the car salesman is like, look, um, there are brakes in the car. Don't get me wrong. There might be a chance, 10%, 5% chance that you could be going down the highway 90 miles an hour, and your brakes are not going to work at all. You need some sort of 
insurance to make you fully vested. And I think that's where the forever part comes in marriage. You want to know that you're not putting in your time right at the beginning and having it pulled from right out under you. So I think that's why people latch onto that forever idea. Um, and they try to make it a forever thing. And like you said, nothing is forever, but you got to believe in it enough to really go all in into the idea. And sometimes you have to lie to yourself to do certain things in life and get through certain things in life. But yeah. You're I supposed mean, to be the romantic one of the two of us. No, but I'm the logical one too. No. And I would say that actually, uh, this that, is- Yeah, I'm going to take that back. You are not, I think I'm technically more romantic than you. You're definitely, ro- <laughs> you're definitely ro- more romantic than you. You are definitely more romantic than me. So um, I'm the non-monogamist, non-believing <laughs> in marriage, romantic, yeah. and you are the married father, <laughs> logicist. I'm the realist. The realist. I'm the married realist. Yeah. That should be our new tagline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think I would like a pragmatic relationship that mm-hmm. is also passionate, but realize that passion is like, passion is when you first light the 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 candle when it's like burning mad bright yeah like companionship partnership is like that shit so that wick is at the end yeah (laughs) yeah um i think when i how do i say this in a way that is not super messed up to say all right we live in a society where like everyone gets excited when you find somebody else you know, you gotta you get a wedding and a big party and you know mm-hmm. all this shit, tax breaks, all this shit. Mm-hmm. If you've spent time finding yourself and trying to work your own shit out, mm-hmm. no one gives a fuck. Where's my party? Where's my mylar balloons? Where's my it's tax break? Day. Yo, give me a tax write off <laughs> for this therapy. <laughs> it's like, yo, give me a tax writer for all these dates. Yo, <laughs> like life expense. Let me let me I, I will itemize it. Um, and like, and I, I kind of say it in jest and with a little bit of anger, but like, I've been trying to work my shit out because I'm not trying to mm. give my bullshit to somebody else. Gotcha. Society gotcha. does not value this. Yeah, we ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> like straight up, <laughs> like, like no one cares. But if yeah. I were to get married, oh my God, people would fly yeah. across the country to come sit. <laughs> and, and like eat some rubbery ass chicken and you know it's like and whatever it's just it just tells you like you put you know you put your energy behind what you care about and as a society yeah we yeah. really don't care about people figuring their shit out we don't mm-hmm. it's like so people bring that 50 year old dude who doesn't know yeah. what love is is yeah. bringing decades of trauma to some woman and I'm happy that he's talking about it in a barbershop versus being an asshole and putting hands on her or doing some other stupid yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. you know? But, like if, dude, like, if dude or, you know, his partner or whoever, spend time figuring your own shit out, you know what I mean? But as a society, we don't value that. So I, I, think I, don't, if, get the, I, like I don't get the, the wedding gifts, you know? I feel like if you work on that personally, then you should celebrate it personally and shouldn't feel the need for other people to... Uh, Patch you on the back for it. And I have that celebrated like, personally. That's why I bought myself yeah. the nice pot set and the nice knife set <laughs> and everything else I bought for everybody else in their wedding for the past two decades. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that speaker. Uh, shout out to Sonos. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like, I don't really care that mm-hmm. other people don't see it. 
but it is really interesting that people get really uncomfortable when you do something that breaks their mental model. Oh, yeah. So, so me being like the happy, single, non-monogamous, like, dude, like, really messes with people. Mm. And but who's also romantic and wants partnership and companionship. It's like they just don't get it. They're like I said, you know, one of my uh, a mutual a mutual classmate. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, last time I was in New York, you know, he always asks about dating and stuff because you know he's it's like it's like the litany of questions. He you know he have to ask like how's how's your family yeah, yeah. how's how's dating yeah. So I don't ask those questions, but keep going. Yeah, I know you don't ask those questions because <laughs> I don't care about the answer. But I uh, keep going. So I was like, "Hey," right. I was like, "Yo, I gotta tell you something." So he he like stops eating. He leans forward. I just start laughing. I'm like, "Yo, you're like you're a little a little crazy right now." He's like, "What is it?" I was like, "Well," he's like, "Are you gay?" And I was like, "Nah, I'm not gay." He's like, "Cause if you were, it'd be okay." I was like, no, I'm not gay, but thank you for letting me know that it's okay to be gay. Thanks. Um, So then I say, hey, you know, like, I think I'm non-monogamous, you know, I've done a lot of work and, you know, I think it's the right type of relationship structure for me and blah, blah, blah. And he's just confused, right? Like the look Mm -hmm. on his face is like, uh, uh, so then then the first thing he says, (laughs) this is the very honest episode, is he stares at me. He's like. So what does that mean? You just want to have threesomes? And I was like, well, no, but yes, but no. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's not, you could do that whenever. Like what? So he's like, okay. And he's like, I don't understand it. I don't get it, but it makes you happy. I'm happy for you. You know, Godspeed. And I was like, you know what? Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. You know, that's basically, but then without me missing a beat, Right as before he puts the next fork full in his mouth. Yeah. But you'll grow out of it when you meet the right one. I'm just like, Uh-oh. I'm just like, I'm just, and cool. I'm like, honestly, I just laughed. I was like, you know what? You showed up as much as you could, but you literally don't get it. That's why I don't believe people when they talk about like tolerance to, you know, whatever cause it is. People like to sound tolerant on paper, but you still hold on to your, your hard wired beliefs yeah. about what you feel is right and wrong. He's like, literally, I just said to you, I don't think there is one single partner for me. There might be multiple partners or whatever. And you say, you'll grow out of it when you meet the right one. <laughs> it's like, okay. You didn't so hear anything the same I thing. just said. It's the same thing with politics. Like I said, right now, our generations are fucked, but we're getting to a point where um, people will be more open to the obvious choices when it comes to a lot of different things in our lives. But um we're we're working our, our way to that point, which have a lot of people who have just been hardwired to think that there's only one way to do things, yeah. and they just stick to that for the rest of their lives. I and they'll pass was, that on to their kids, but there'll be more people who come out and think otherwise. So I think we talked about this. It might have been on the the episodes that will never be released. Um, but like, yeah, as a single dude, I consider myself, you know, pragmatic but romantic, all this stuff. But I've been in like long monogamous successful relationships like multiple times. Never cheated on anybody, never did any of that stuff. Um and we know both know people who are like dogs, men, male and female. Okay. Yes. Just yes. like stuff out all the time who are not loyal. Mm-hmm. Are, but like because on paper they look good, no one says anything. Mm-hmm. 
But when I just like put my shit out there, honestly, it's like, no, I'm dating multiple people non-exclusively, um, but I'm safe and I communicate and all that stuff. And people are like, mm, mm. just like, okay, yeah, let me instead say I love you, but then like start texting somebody in the middle of dinner. It's like, so my philosophy about this is, I think sometimes <clears throat> like when you're hanging out at dinner with this guy and you say this thing to them and then they say what they say back to you. I get that you want to make people more aware that there are different um, lifestyles out there. But the other aspect of it is sometimes you just have to just have to be like, fuck it. If you don't get this, then we just don't have to talk about this anymore. And I'm just going to divert my time more to oh, yeah. other people um, yeah. and not worry and I think about. That's where I feel about it, right? Like there's part of me that's like, it doesn't matter what he thinks. Yeah. But there's a the, the the biggest part of me is why I even said it. It's just like I want to be real. Like that's my people, right? Like I'm not gonna yeah. like bullshit them. Mm-hmm. But it's also like one of many aspects of who I am. It shouldn't even be a conversation topic. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if you're gonna ask about my dating life, I'm gonna tell you about my dating life. Yeah, if you don't want to know, you stop asking. That's fair. Um, but I'm also not gonna bullshit you. Where it's like, how's it date? How's it dating? Like, oh, I met a nice Christian girl. Uh, we go to church every <laughs> Sunday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we hold hands. Uh, she rubbed Soak. the, rubbed the inside of my palm the other day. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna bullshit <laughs> you. <laughs> but also, yeah. if, if if I'm if if you're that interested in my in my life, like I gotta get you some new hobbies. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, like it's not that interesting. Apathy is not a bad thing in in some aspects of your <laughs> life. I think people just need to find times to be more apathetic towards life in certain aspects of it at least um if it's not affecting you mind your business if you don't have something nice to say don't say anything at all yeah um if you care about the person and you think they're like a stand-up person then as long as they're not doing anything crazy it's not hurting anybody like (laughs) yeah just do you yeah yeah that's the great philosopher jay-z said what i eat don't make you shit exactly yeah i mean i've been to some weddings where I did, I think, what I had to do as a friend, you know, when they told me they were engaged, uh, you know, they set a date. And I said, mm-hmm. you sure? And really? Said, yes. And I was like, cool. I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. I, so, first of it's all, happened, it's cool that you it's happened, that. It happened a handful of times. Because so, I couldn't, I couldn't I, live with myself. I could not live with myself if I never expressed. And, I, and you know, I did. I think I did it respectfully because I think I'm still friends with them. They still invite me to the wedding. Yeah. Um, but I was just like wow how does that how's that feel <laughs> or like you know <laughs> just like, i'm so, not gonna be like stop but that's cool that you honestly that. it's not me i don't gotta live with them yeah, yeah. see that's what i'm saying apathy is is helpful sometimes but um it reminds me of a story there was this guy um we used to teach with and he met this girl he was just coming out of a six-year relationship he meets this girl at a party um do you know when you meet somebody right off the bat and you're like this person's annoying <laughs> that was that was that girl, but they hit it off for some reason, and then within less than a month, they went on some tropical uh, vacation. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, maybe you're still reeling from being out of this six year relationship, whatever. Do you? Uh-huh. Um, I would say three, four months later, he starts talking about a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, then he proposes, and then a couple of months later, we're hanging out, and there's this attractive girl. Who happens to be working with him and uh he made comments like damn if i wasn't getting engaged i would uh 
I would do something. And I'm like, dude, first of all, you're not engaged. Second of all, <laughs> get married in a couple of months. So why are you telling me this? Um, and he would make the comments out loud. I don't know if that was him looking for somebody to say something to him, but it wasn't a close enough friend that I felt like it was <laughs> my place to say anything, but I was friends with his closer friend. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, what are you going to do? And he was like, he just asked me to be my, his best man. Do I know so this I, person? I, to, I think I know who you're talking supportive. about. Did I meet this You know that, the, yeah, the best man person. You don't know the person we're talking about. Oh, I'm no. talking about. Okay. So um, he goes forward and at this point, you find out that um, he's one of these uh, mama's boys who the mom kind of guides his relationships and who she likes and who she doesn't like oh, defines who he likes and is, doesn't like. That is some therapy for years right there. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So um, it was interesting and I guess romantic in a way, if you want to look at it this way. Um, controlling mom who then marries a woman whose mom is also controlling of that girl's dad so now he has a new controlling mom to bring into his lifestyle who also tells him what to do uh but he's happy they're on their second or third kid they've been married for three or four years maybe four or five years and maybe you know maybe that inkling sometimes is not right but in in me it was like this is weird that you're telling me all this stuff about how you don't want to get married and you're getting married in a couple of months. Yeah. But who am I to say? Cause... No, and I think that's, that. it's only my place to speak my truth in the the most respectful way possible. So who would you do that to? Like if it was a an extended friend, would you say something? No. Nah. A friend of a friend. And you just see the obvious signs. Would you say something? I think I will ask the question I ask people all the time when they complain to me or tell me anything, mm. I say, how are you doing? How are you feeling about it? Because mm. it doesn't really matter how I feel about it. But yeah, sometimes yeah. asking that question gives people permission to like, <laughs> to really say, because yeah. people don't sometimes process how they're really feeling. Um, That's true. Because like, sometimes people don't really want you to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. So when you come to me, so this was this is the difference between high school B and you know old ass B. High school B had, as you know, everyone coming to me with their shit and complaining to me <laughs> about yeah. uh, their boyfriend, blah blah blah, or mm-hmm. this or this, and and I just like I felt like my value in the world was fixing their shit, mm-hmm. and like then I would yeah. take their shit <laughs> that on. Was not me. Yeah, that was not yeah. you. I know. Um, that's why. Yeah. That's why everyone came to me. Um, <laughs> so then I'm taking on all this shit and I'm getting all their trauma and I'm dealing with this stuff and I'm just like, why? Like I'm, I'm literally taking on all this energy and now people come, they'll complain. And like, I, I have a lot of empathy for whatever they're going through. Like, it sounds really tough for you. How are you doing with it? What are you going to, what are you going to do about it? Or like, how are you uh, dealing with it? You know, it's like, because Honestly, man, it, it, like make an extreme example. If someone breaks a leg, I can I can do but so much. But it's just like, yeah. how are you getting around? <laughs> and <laughs> is there anything I can do to possibly help that? But I'm not going to mm-hmm. give you the solution. Yeah, like it's not and it's not on me. So yeah, I think that's how I would do it for an extended friend. It's the same way I do it for like a close friend. I'm not gonna unless there was something where there was information I had that they didn't have. And I was like, you might need some other, some other Yeah, I would, variables. if that happened to me, I would definitely, I would say something. Even if it was an indirect friend, I would, I would say it. I know people say that you'll get 
the person will get mad at the person delivering the message. Yeah. Um, but it's like the spin- it's like the conscience. spinach in the it's teeth, enough. man. It's the spinach in the mm-hmm. teeth. Mm-hmm. Like when they get divorced ten years later, and was like, "Yeah, that one was just like, why the fuck did you not tell no, me?" I felt a certain way, but I didn't want to say nothing because yeah, uh, you seem real happy. Y'all set a date, yeah. <laughs> and the wedding was in Acapulco, and I really wanted to go. So <laughs> you got a good shout out to destination vacations. Sometimes they're destination they're vacations working. or destination weddings. Destination weddings. Okay. Sometimes they work. It's a vacation for me. It's a destination vacation for me. It's a wedding for them. Yeah. Yeah, if I if I ever get married, so here's the thing: if I don't get married, which you know it might actually happen, um, I feel like what is an event, or what is a reason I could get people to come out that similar to people coming out for a wedding? Would I have so, to be dying of cancer? No. Would I have to be so like some big milestone is... birthday? No. Because like, okay, because you, um, you're married with a kid. Yeah. What would make you? <laughs> Like if I said I was getting married, you would like take off work, you'd get a babysitter, like you'd work it out. If I was just like, yo, I'm having this bomb ass birthday party, you'd be like, Yeah, enjoy. Well, if it's you and it's a big birthday party and it's like all bells and whistles, yeah. But I think um the whole problem with this generation of people, and I'm not definitely not saying this is you, but you hear about these people who have like awakening parties and parties that are important to them spiritually, and you're kinda like, oh, why am I here? Like <laughs> You can't do this with a cupcake and uh, a bottle of wine at home. So I think um, the biggest thing you could do is to choose a big birthday party. And that would warrant me taking time off to come and see it. But if it's like, oh, personal growth day, I'm like, come on, man. I got shit to do. All right. What about this? What about this idea? Midlife crisis party. Yeah. 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 So I think think the average... Life expectancy for black men is like 72. So, you know, I'm not too far off from that midlife crisis party. Yeah. <laughs> or the birthday party can become the midlife crisis party. You can just make it a double, uh, yeah, double feature. That's true. And that'll true. definitely get the asses off the... Uh, off the... What's, uh, what's the musical accompaniment for the week? Uh, I really don't want to... I don't want to listen to Bobby Brown. So I don't know that I... I know we talked about Bobby Brown, but I don't really want to listen to that. But so I'll put some Teddy Pendergrass on. I'm gonna put some Sam right. Cooke on. I'll put maybe one or two Miles Davis, maybe a Lee Morgan, and then I'm done with my contribution. Uh, what do you want to put right. on? Idrisselba, you said he had a single or something. Oh yeah, I mean, versatile. What range? On, on streaming channels. It is on the streaming channels. Uh, um, okay. All right, I'll look for that. <laughs> um, I didn't hear about it, but I'll take your word you for know, it. You know, it's it's only for the real heads. Only for the real heads. You know. Yeah, I don't. I feel like you're in this R and B mood right now, and I am. In I don't vibe. know. I don't know if I'm in the R and B vibe, but so we'll go. We'll go with your R and B vibe. I might. I might add a little. I, I, we can switch it up. We can change nah, it in nah. the uh, side B. Yeah, I side mean, B. Oh, there you go. B side, side J and side uh, B. Ah, uh, I like that. I like that. Copyright trademark trademark. Um. Oh, I was thinking about like, should we throw some new edition on? I can't listen right. to old new edition. They they like pre, their voices were so prepubescent, man. Like, I got a I got some new edition I want to hear. Matter of fact, I was playing it yesterday. Um, right. I'll put it on. Some, some anybody new, else? Uh, some OJs. We talked about the OJs. Okay, backstabbers, maybe. Okay, okay. Uh, the 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 big topic that I, I I think we will be talking about in the coming weeks is the what's that Michael Jackson documentary. 
So, oh yeah. So, so should we should we throw yeah. all the Michael Jackson on this week? Because it might be the last week we can listen to Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, man. let's do, do a little MJK. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be hard to listen to after. And offensive right now yeah. against that whole thing. She's interviewing the um the alleged victims after the oh matter of fact it comes on today. Oh word! Yeah, oh. it comes on today. Saw people today. Yeah, this, so, yeah, this is the last week. Throw this in before last week. We got like yeah. nine hours to get this. <laughs> it was like when MJ yeah. died, and like every yeah. radio station, all black radio station was playing nothing but MJ. Yeah, like this is maybe this is what we should do. <laughs> yeah. It might just be all yeah. It might just be a greatest hits. I'll just port it over to the uh, mixtape. Damn. Yeah, it really is coming out today. Yeah, man. All right, this is this is it. This is no more MJ. This is it. Oh, yeah. What? What? Whoa. What is? What is the MJ song I will miss the most? There's a lot. There's a lot. Are there really though, or is MJ just like? No, there are. Oh oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Pretty young thing. Keep your voice down. Keep your voice down. (laughs) There are a lot. That That was. By the way, I was just going to point out that is the most emotion you have showed on this podcast over multiple. Because if it's R. Kelly, I'm like, you know, Twelve Play was cool, whatever, and a couple of songs. But if it's it's Michael Jackson, that's like a generations of music. How dare I say Michael Jackson is not worthwhile? Wow. Yeah. About to cancel this podcast. (laughs) There are many things that could have broke up their partnership, but when they do the behind the (laughs) behind the music episode, (laughs) that one fateful afternoon, that offhanded (laughs) comment about MJ. Oh, you know what we could do? The classic, I know we talk about this, it's like every DJ is like my my Fisher Price, my first DJ mix. Mm-hmm. Um, human nature into It Ain't Hard to Tell. Mm. What about some SWV too? Oh, okay. See, there we go. I was SWV. talking to somebody about this because I, I was on a, in a lift and dude had the radio on. And I was like, radio, what is this? Um, and Sean Paul has a new song out. So the, really? we like went on like this like rant about Sean Paul and I was like, you know, I, was, I got real in New York. I was like, yeah, heads in New York knew about dancehall. And then Sean Paul comes out and everybody else in the world acts like dancehall is something new. Mm-hmm. And the thing I was hating on was like, what was it? Get busy. Was that the Diwali rhythm? Um, I think so. Yeah. But it was like that moment in time where if you were a lazy ass DJ, like the world was helping you out because it was like 17 songs on that one rhythm. So you had Sean Paul, you had Nina Sky, you had Wayne Wonder, you had Rihanna. <laughs> that is true. Like, yeah, Lazy DJs was loving that time right there. What's interesting is all of the reggae music that you and I know from being, you know, New York kids. Uh, Mrs. J, she had like four years prior. So it was like all of our albums that we thought were hot, they thought were hot like five years ago. So I when I tell her about these songs... It's like that that came out so long ago. Why why is that so popular right now? I think that's in- interesting. Yeah. Also that's how we feel about everybody else. It's like, all right, yeah, I've heard of Beanie Man. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. But then they all had that moment of like Beanie Man tried to put out well, he had that song with Maya. And then uh who that was, was a it? good song though. Bounty Killer has Saga now. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those are those are actual lyrics. Um <laughs> Yeah. Who was it? Who was on the No Doubt song? Was it um Bounty Killer? Oh, so when she straightens that area, I think it was Lady Saw too. Um, yeah, Lady Saw. I wasn't really feeling that. And then you had Foxy Brown who had one with Bounty Killer. Yep. And um, Put Your Light Is Up was Little Kim's song. Yeah. They all danced around it. And it was funny because a lot of them had Caribbean backgrounds, Gwen Stefani not included. Um, 
but it was really a time in your life to like, if you were Caribbean, that's when you showed it because you could get a single yeah. out of it. And then as they went mainstream, people would be like, there's some homophobic lyrics. I was like, have you been to Jamaica? <laughs> Yo, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. At all? It's like that thing you so, were singing along to was literally like yeah. talking about beating up gay people. Like, yeah. It, so it, it's pretty TKO much- has a song um, where they're basically saying burn gay people. Yeah. And I remember that song yeah. was hugely popular. Man, yeah. Hugely popular. Yeah. <laughs> on every radio station. And it's weird because even for um, black Americans, we don't. Yeah, you always don't always know, know that what they're saying. Yeah. That song was everywhere. And that song was just, horrible. Yeah, horrible. Uh, that song was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that song consistently when I didn't know what it was about, and then I did, and I was like, "Damn, I can't really." <laughs> uh, what have we learned this week? We've learned that we are old. We are getting old. Yeah, that's We're true. Getting old. Long rant about marriage, and I don't know. If we learned anything. Valid rant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we learned that there's no way you should be paying two hundred thousand dollars for child support a month, which is just crazy. They got a lifestyle to maintain, man. Lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot of uh, good hip hop, jazz, and R and B docs. Also, I saw one about Just Blaze that was good too. But um, if you have streaming services, peep those. Get some history, some music history at least. Yeah. I feel like this was the episode that really was the. It felt like two dudes talking episode. Yeah, because we ain't talking about shit. <laughs> this is random as hell. There's no coherency to any of this. No, this this was this was the if you if you are still listening at the end of this episode, kudos to you. Kudos you, to you. You might be fans, but if you turned it off, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, and you don't even hear this. We so get it. Why is it matter? We understand. We understand. <laughs> but leave a review, and uh, because that's how other people find out about the show. Um, yeah, yeah. We're trying to we're trying to make it big. I was talking to somebody about the podcast, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But what do you do? Because I assume the podcast is just a hobby. I was like, why you assume that? (laughs) (laughs) But they're right. Uh, For now. For now. Well, this will be be an interesting one because we also talked for a long time. uh, We did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We'll do it again uh, whenever we do this. Sounds good. Good. Good one.